0: comes to the Father through him. And this is why the gospel is the good news. Death no longer has any power over Jesus. Death no longer has any power over you. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. If you're believing for anything else from God, you're believing for small stuff. Now, I want to start off today, and I want to remind you, last week we spoke about the fact that unless you've quit, you haven't lost yet. Okay? Unless you've quit, you haven't lost yet. But um, what we want to move on today, and... um, you know, we, 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 we want to speak about the fact that um, in terms of the disciples, the, the, the word to the disciples was, you were looking for a dead body, but found a live king. You were looking for a dead body, but you found a live king. And uh, how awesome is that? They expected to find a corpse, but Jesus had risen from the grave. They were sitting there thinking that, you know what, all of our dreams are gone, everything is destroyed, but they found a live king instead. And at first they got frightened, and um, it freaked them out. But I want to tell you a little bit about the story. The scene that is set before us right now is in the early hours of the Sunday morning in Jerusalem, somewhere between 30 and 36 A.D., The crucifixion of Jesus has taken place three days ago. And the followers of Jesus are distraught and they're downcast and they're in disarray because Jesus, their king, is dead. They thought that he was going to overthrow the Roman occupation. They thought that he was going to destroy Caesar and all of the Roman armies and that he was going to bring a new kingdom into place. And then on the eve of the Passover, their king, the one that they threw to throne that, uh, or, or whose courts they were going to serve in, he had been crucified on a hill outside of the city of Jerusalem. And as he died on that cross, all of their dreams were shattered. Every single one. And it seemed as if it was all over. And that the promises that Jesus had given and the statements that Jesus had made were gone. In the early hours of Sunday morning, this happened in John chapter 20, verse 1 to 10. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. She ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looked in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went to the tomb. And he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been lying around his head not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the other disciples went out again to their own homes. Imagine going to the grave of what you thought was going to be your king, And expecting to find your king. And then you find the graves empty. I mean, if you look at the the circumstances and what had happened, already life was a challenge. Already things had fallen apart for them. And now all of a sudden they're in a place whereby the body of their dead kings disappeared. You can't even have a memorial at the grave or something like that. And you look in and all you find are linen clothes that wrap the body and they folded in a place by themselves. They were expecting to find a dead body in the tomb, but the body was not there. Instead, they were soon to find a live king. Tell the other person next to you, say, a live king is better than a dead body. Their problems were solved already, according to the Scriptures. While it was still dark, early hours of Sunday morning, while it was still dark, After the Sabbath day had passed over, while it was still dark, their problem had been solved. Jesus had been raised from the dead. This awesome news was about to come to them, but they didn't know it yet. And I want to tell you that the resurrected King stands before us today with awesome news. Sometimes some of our challenges have already been solved before we've even known that they solved. We're still worrying about it and fretting about it. But the Lord has done something for us. And he's already, he's already come with a solution to the problem. We just don't know it yet. And you know the biggest problem that you have is the fact that you're going to die. But the Lord already has a solution for you right now, right here. Just some of you might, might not know it yet. God has... Incredible gift for you, the most awesome eternity that He has set for you. An incredible thing. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 17 to 21, we read this. Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. In other words, when we hear the word, when we read the word, then faith comes. The Holy Spirit builds us up on the inside. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the earth. Again I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel he says, all day long. I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. One of the reasons why the disciples did not realize when Jesus died on the cross that this was exactly what needed to happen is because they had stubborn hearts. He had been telling them. He had told them over and over again that the Son of Man has to go to the cross and He has to die on the cross. They had been told, they had been let know of this fact. And yet they hadn't listened. And sometimes God is trying to get a message to us, and yet we are like Israel. We are obstinate. We are stubborn. We are disobedient, and we don't listen to what God's telling us. And faith comes from hearing the message about Christ. Faith comes from hearing about the resurrection of Jesus. When we hear about the resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit does something on the inside of us and begins to give us the news, hey, listen, this is going to happen to you one day. You too are going to be resurrected one day. And our faith is built up when we hear the word. Our faith is built up when we hear the word and we gain the one thing that can please God through hearing the word. And that is faith. You know, the Bible says there's nothing that you can do to please God except have faith. The only thing that you can do to please God is to believe his promises and believe what he's done for you on the cross. And yet, the biggest promise. The biggest promise of all that we find in the Bible is that God will make the somebodies jealous by what He gives the nobodies. As you're sitting here today, I want you to realize and I want you to understand that God will take the somebodies and He will make them jealous of by what He gives the nobodies. And so I don't know where, where you find yourself today, but it doesn't matter what the world tells you you are, if you will trust God, He is going to take your life and make the somebodies jealous of you. And please understand that if you will dare to believe the Lord, you will find out that what He promises is true. In Romans chapter 10, 17 to 21, it says this. So uh, again I ask, did Israel already understand that God's message was for others as well as for themselves? Yes, They certainly did understand, for Moses was the first to state it. I will make you jealous of a people that are nobodies. I will use people with no understanding to provoke you to anger. What what Paul is saying here is that what God said to the Jewish people, to the Hebrews, through Moses, was that, listen, one day, one day, I'm going to make you jealous with people who know nothing about me. I'm going to make you jealous with the people that up until that point have no covenant with me. I'm going to make you jealous because I'm going to splash out the wonder of my grace, of my mercy, and my love. And I'm going to touch them, and they're going to have communion with me, a communion that you, you do not have, and you're going to become jealous with it. Today, the gospel has gone out to all the world. There isn't a place on the planet. I mean, officially, there's places like Saudi Arabia who say that they have no Christians, that are 100% of the Saudi population are Muslims. Do you know that there are underground Christians and about 4% of the Saudi population are Christians? There are even Christians living in Mecca. Officially no non-Muslims allowed in Mecca. If Mecca has believers, there's no place on the earth that doesn't have believers. The gospel's gone out everywhere. And since the cross... All people are able to gain entry into the kingdom of God. Every single person that is alive today is able to get into the kingdom of God. The Gentiles were the nobodies in Old Testament the- theology. If you go and you look at, at how how the, the old covenant people, the, the Jewish people, looked at the Gentiles, the Gentiles were the nobodies. There was nothing worse than being a nobody. But through through Christ. God has turned the nobodies into somebodies. Tell the person next to you, I'm a somebody. I'm a somebody in Jesus. Come on, tell them, I'm a somebody in Jesus. Some of you need a lot of faith to say that. Some of you are not excited when you say that. And God took us from a place of no understanding. No understanding in the things of God. No understanding in the mind of Christ. To a place where we know the mind of christ if as you're sitting here today i want you to realize if you want to know the mind of christ you can know the mind of christ the holy spirit wants to reveal the mind of christ to you it means you've got to read the bible for what it is it means you've got to take the bible and start believing what the bible says and you've got to say to yourself you know what what this book says is real what this book says is real i want to tell you that it is real And God uses your life to frustrate the unbelievers. And your life should cause them to ask, how do I get what they have? How do I get what they have? How do I get that? The greatest attraction the gospel has is the message and the the beauty of the resurrection is that your problem of guilt is dealt with. I want you to realize today, whatever guilt you're sitting with, whatever challenges, your problem of guilt is dealt with. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1 it says, There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Paul was able to truly understand the battles that Christians face every single day. And as you're sitting, I want you to think about the battles that you face. And one of the biggest battles that you face is the fact that you have guilt. There are things that are burning you inside. And Paul himself became a master throughout the course of his life as he struggled all sorts of, as as he he faced all sorts of trials and he struggled through all of these trials. Paul himself got the place where he knew about the battles. He had faced the battles. And so when he talks to us about overcoming the battles, he's talking from a perspective of someone that has been through it and gotten to the other side. And he came to understand that guilt is our adversary's greatest weapon. It's his favorite weapon. There's nothing that he loves to use more than our guilt, than things that that we know ourselves we have messed up. We try and defend ourselves on the outside. On the outside, we try and we try and tell people that, hey, listen, I'm not guilty of that. But you know what? We're only trying to fool ourselves. And we can't fool ourselves because something inside of us keeps telling us, hey, I messed up. I messed up. I've blown it. I'm a statistic. I'm one of those people who did that. Paul knew that. He knew that very well. And he understood that guilt is the adversary's greatest weapon. And because of guilt, even the strongest people have fallen. I want you to understand: doesn't matter how tall and mighty a person may look, doesn't matter how awesome it may look, doesn't matter how fantastic their lives may look. The reality is that the enemy can get any person with guilt. There's no person that is beyond that. And even though the Apostle Paul loved God with all of his being, he realized that there was another force inside of him that was trying to crush him. He realized that there was this voice playing over and over in his mind You tried to kill the church, you tried to kill the body of Jesus, you did everything in your power. destroy what jesus came to earth to set up yes you tried it you know that you did it you can't get away from it history cannot be rewritten you know what you did and so even with the apostle paul the enemy was trying to pressurize him into doing the the, the, the wrong things but you know at the height of his struggle at the height of the conflict he discovered the key to free him from his situation. And that was to place his life into God's hands, to hand himself over to Almighty God. And when the adversary attacked him, he simply said, my life is in Jesus' hands. You cannot condemn me. My life is in Jesus' hands, O devil. You cannot condemn me. My life is in the hands of my loving Savior, devil. You cannot condemn me. There is nothing that you can do against me. And when we rest in God, we recover our self-image. We recover our self-image in terms of the way that God created us to be before sin came and contaminated us. And when we rest in God and we recover our self-image, then we are able to accept ourselves who we are and we are able to reject the negative image that the adversary wants to bring into our minds. I want to say to you today that resting in God will allow you to live with confidence and peace and to to get to the place where a great weight is taken off your mind this thing that seeks to crush and destroy you the accusing voice that never used to leave you with peace can be averted instead of listening to the accuser's voice the lord wants you to be guided by the holy spirit because the words of scripture by the power of the holy spirit will bring Comfort and guidance into your life. He will touch your heart in a supernatural way. And what will also begin to happen is that thankfulness will begin to overflow out of your heart. Because on the cross, Jesus took your affliction and He took your punishment. He took everything that you deserved. The bad stuff that you deserved. And yes a secret I want to tell you on this Resurrection Sunday. In simply thinking about the cross, you will see how all of your pain and all of your anguish remains there on the cross of Jesus. But you've got to think about the cross. And so today I want to tell you it's time that you see yourself as God sees you. You've got to see yourself through the cross. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale he shared that on one occasion he met a man that was very depressed. And he was a famous author, also, also Dr. Um, Norman Vincent Peale. And, and this man said to him, Dr. Peale, I've, written, I've read all your books and I've followed all your advice, and I continue to feel bad. I just cannot overcome this feeling of feeling bad. This man really needed a word of encouragement. at that moment dr peel said to him that the problem was that he was empty of god when the power of god comes upon people it gets rid of all the impurity from their lives and it fills them with his grace i want you to, to know that grace is an awesome thing grace is something that allows you to feel close to god grace is something that allows you to feel touched by god Grace is a power inside of you that enables you to overcome sin. Enables you to rise up above the stuff that you shouldn't be doing. And when, when and I, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to say to you right now. When God truly is the Lord of a person's life. When God really is the Lord of your life. When God really is the boss of you. Your faith is strengthened. Your faith is strengthened because God leads you and His peace will surround you. I want to tell you that the peace of God is an awesome thing. It's an incredible thing. No matter what the storms are around you, no matter what is crashing down around your ears, the peace of God is a supernatural thing. And the Lord wants you to have His peace. There was a time in the Old Testament, some of you know the story, When Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land to go and spy out the land. To go and have a look at the land that the Lord had given them. And 10 of them said in in Numbers 13 verse 33, We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes and we looked the same to them. The, The Israelites at this point were supposed to go into the promised land. They were supposed to go and take possession of the promised land. And God was going to supernaturally give the promised land into their hands. It didn't matter what giants were in the land. It didn't matter how strong the armies were in the land. God had told them, I want you to go and take this land. But what happened was, in spite of what God had told them to do, they made a statement. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes. We saw ourselves as these little grasshoppers Compared to these massive giants. We saw that, you know what, for us to go and take this land is impossible. We can never do it. Even though God has told us to do it, we can never do it. And then they put their view onto the people that lived in the land. And they said, and we look the same to them. You know, when you start saying, I'm a grasshopper. When you start saying, I look like a grasshopper. When you start saying, I'll never amount to anything. When you start saying, Jesus could never love me. When you start saying, I can never overcome that sin. Whatever you might be saying. If you see yourself that way, you will put your view in your mind onto other people. And you will believe that other people see you the way you see yourself. And then, how many times do you react badly to them? You react badly to people... Because you think they see you the way you see yourself. How many times have you fought with people and at the end of the day, you don't even know if they think about you, what you think they think about you? I really want you just to let that touch your heart right now. Just let that touch your heart right now. You fight with people because you think they have the view of you that you have of yourself. And there might be some times where you're correct, but you know, many times you'll be wrong. If you look at these spies, although they had the promises that were given by God and they'd been called and put in a place of privilege... They could not fulfill the purpose of God because they felt inferior. How many Christians cannot fulfill the purpose of God in their life because they feel inferior? And the reality is, you know what? When you give your life to Jesus, you give your life to Jesus because you are inferior and you do not measure up to the standard that God needs to allow you into heaven. So Jesus died in your place so that there can be an exchange that takes place where He gives you His life as you give Him your life. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to realize today on this Easter Sunday that when you hold on to your life and you think that you're gaining by holding on to your life, you're mistaken. You're holding on to something that's headed for the grave. Your best possessions, the most valuable things that you have on this earth are going to fade away. In terms of the purpose of God, if you have put your faith in God through Jesus and you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, which means that you come and you throw yourself at the cross and you say, Lord, I lay down my will and I want to take your will on. When you do that, the exchange takes place. It's no longer you that lives, but it's Christ that lives in you. No longer are you inferior you now match the purpose of God for your life. If you look at these spies, they felt small as bugs. Just a little bug. And as a result, they believed that's how the people of the land saw them. And so they chickened out. At their moment of destiny, they chickened out. Later on, they tried to rectify the matter and go in against the will of God. And when they tried to go in against the will of God, they came short. And God promised them, because you didn't believe my promises, and go where I told you to go, you will die in the wilderness. We don't want to be wilderness Christians. The Lord has a plan for every one of our lives. as detailed in His book. The first place you need to go that the Lord has set for you is heaven. That's the first thing that you need to understand and what god is saying today he's saying today on this day of the resurrection i want you to replace what you think of yourself with what god thinks about you the father just looks and he stands before you i want you to think about yourself the way i think about you you know that the bible actually says that when you have real faith in Jesus, that as Jesus goes in the world, so are you. But you've got to believe what the Bible says. You've got to believe that Jesus died for your sin. You've got to believe that He rose from the grave. You've got to believe that He went to heaven and that all He wants to do right now is intercede to see it for you. You've got to believe that He wants to cancel all of the arguments that the enemy has against you. You've got to believe that. And you've got to say, Lord, I'm willing to open my heart to you and I'm willing to make you the Lord of my life, which means you own me. And if you own me, I only do what you want me to do. Whether it be in my family, in my workplace, wherever I go, I'm your agent. I don't go to work because of the salary. I go to work because I'm on an assignment from you. I'm on an assignment from Almighty God. I'm on an assignment from the living King. But if I believe that Jesus was a dead body in the tomb, if I believe that Jesus never rose from the grave, well, then I'm not going to be on assignment because how can I be on assignment from a 2,000-year-old corpse? I believe some of us today are in the position where we do not go and be the witness that the Lord wants us to be because we believe Jesus is a dead corpse 2,000 years ago. I believe some of us do not overcome sin that bedevils us. You know, I'm not talking about those sins that we do on purpose. The ones we have repented, but we can't stop doing it. I believe many of us, we can't overcome that. Purely and simply because of the fact that we believe we have a dead Savior. That there's not even a skeleton left anymore. If you're looking for a dead body, you're not going to find it. Because there's a living King. He's alive. And that living King does not see you as a small bug. But he sees you as royal blood. The New Testament also tells you that you are part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know what a priesthood, you know what the job of a priest is? The job of a priest is to to fill the gap between the people and God. That is what we're called to do. And listen, I want to tell you. Out there are so many people that need you to go wherever you go and speak about Jesus and speak about what He's done for you and speak about what the Bible says He did and speak about the fact that He wants to do the same thing for them and what the blood of Jesus does for them and what rights they have by the blood of Jesus and how you can talk to God yourself and how you can hear God How when you can read the Bible, God will speak to you through the Bible. That that book becomes a living book. Speaking of a living, risen Savior. When we know the living Jesus, and we trust Him, He puts rest in our souls. He puts a peace, a supernatural peace, in our hearts. Because we know in our hearts we've received His complete forgiveness. And I'm going to ask you all to stand. And we're going to say a declaration together. And the declaration says, There is rest in my thoughts and peace in my heart. Because in Jesus I've received complete forgiveness. And I want to encourage you to believe it. Because when you believe that, it makes it easier to make Him your Lord. how many of us don't want peace when we don't have peace it's a sign that Jesus is not on the throne of our lives and what do we do when Jesus is not on the throne of our lives and we realize that because we don't have peace we put him on the throne we get off the throne of our lives and we ask him to sit on it and to take charge The enemy won't mess with you. You know, many times people go to church and many times all they hear in church is about all those enemies. And the devil this and the devil that and this enemy and this person and this person. But God is going to deliver. No, no, God delivered you. The day you gave your life to Jesus, you don't have any enemies. The only war that you're fighting is against flesh and blood. And you first put on the belt of truth, which is Jesus. And the breastplate of righteousness, it's the righteousness that Jesus died to give you. It's his righteousness. And the helmet of salvation, you've got to watch your thoughts. You've got to watch your thoughts. And the sword is, is, is the word, the Bible is your sword. It's an attack weapon. You can go and stab the devil with the Bible. That is, that is literally what we're talking about. You can live every day victorious over the enemy. And you being victorious over the enemy is not determined by your circumstances. Yes, sometimes your circumstances are caused by you, but more often than it's got nothing to do with you, and it's not even got anything to do with the devil. But God allows things into your life, He allows trials into your life because He wants you to trust Him in the middle of the trial. Because when you trust Him in the trial, when He gives you the deliverance, your faith is built. He will build your faith. And I want to tell you that God promises that if you make Him the Lord, He will build your faith. He will build your faith. Those times when you have doubt, the Lord will build your faith. And so I want us to say this together. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. So there is rest in my thoughts and peace in my heart. Because in Jesus, I have received complete forgiveness. I want to ask you, do you believe that? Active Church, do you believe that? Okay. Active Church, do you really believe that? Amen. You know, God will lead you by your heart peace. Once you know the peace of the Lord, you know how to stay in the will of God. Because every time you step out of the will of God, you lose your peace. And when you lose your peace, the moment you lose your peace, you say, "Whoa, something's wrong here. I'm not sure what it is what do you do? You go and read the Bible and you find out what is it that I've misstepped you and then you just fix it. You know, it's a living God who has a living relationship with you every single day that you can speak to Him, that you can talk to Him and you can hear from Him. Every single day. He wants to do that for you. Let's just say the declaration together. Say, There is rest in my thoughts and peace in my heart. Because in Jesus, I have received complete forgiveness. I want us to say it one last time, the third time, the same as the number of the Trinity. And this time I want us to raise our hands as a, as a sign of surrender to Him. Because the rest comes when we surrender to God. In other words, it's like a legal agreement. Lord, I no longer live for my will, I'm living for your will. And He promises in return, I'll give you peace and don't worry, you'll enjoy your life. It's not going to be boring. If you think that, that um, living like this is a boring thing, why don't you just surrender? Trust me. Years later, you'll be so glad you did. Now repeat after me one last time. So there is rest in my thoughts and peace in my heart. Because in Jesus, I have received complete forgiveness. Can we just give the Lord the biggest shout of praise here this morning? Amen. 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 I'm so glad Jesus is the risen King and not a dead body. Amen. And I want you just to close your eyes. We're about to go into communion, but just before we go into communion, right where you're standing, I'm just going to ask you today, right where you're standing, if there's anyone you need to give your life to Jesus this morning, or maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus, then just right where you are, can you raise your hand? If you're watching online, then please just send us an email to info at theactivechurch.org. Say, I'm, I'm committing my life to Jesus for the first time or I'm recommitting my life to Jesus. And if you're at one of the other sites, you also raise your hands. But is there anyone right now? Just raise your hands. And we're going to pray with you. Amen let's just pray together for those that raised hands so dear Lord Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for me thank you for giving your life for me I open my heart to you and I ask you to come in to be the Lord of my life I'm sorry for my sin and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of all my sin and to make me a brand new creation. Lord, deliver me from the power of the enemy and make me the brand new creation your word promises I'll become. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.